Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, December 11th, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside the coach, Joe Sarvati. And coach, you know what it means when we say that it's Friday, December 11th. That means it's opening day of the preseason in the NBA. And judging by all of those gifts you posted in our Discord this morning, I'm thinking you're pretty excited. I am pretty pumped. I, I flooded our Discord with huge massive crowds cheering and cheering because the NBA is back. So, yes, I am ecstatic. We've got NBA basketball preseason. Uh, we're covering every slate in our Discord. Uh, we'll be talking it up, going through, looking at strategy, uh, building lineups out, full lineups uh, for FanDuel, and then, of course, of course uh, the clipboard for DraftKings. Yahoo's not doing any uh, preseason. They'll open on the 22nd. So join us. I mean, we crushed preseason last year. It's extremely volatile. It's not for the faint of heart because you're building some pretty bizarre lineups. But we feel like we have a big edge there. I'm ecstatic that NBA is starting. And I just I can't get enough of it, man. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, me too. So let's give folks a quick overview of what we're going to do today and then what we're going to do this season so this is, again, part three of our preseason preview, where we look at the team constructions, the additions, subtractions, the new rotations, the impact on DFS production. So we're going to do two more divisions today. We're going to do the Southwest Division and the Pacific Division. We've already recorded parts one and two of this series. So check, that, check those out on YouTube. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the alarm button, subscribe, so you get notifications when our podcasts post. Again, those uh, regular podcasts for the NBA season are going to come every single day, uh, five days a week on YouTube. Um, so, again, today we're going team by team. And, Coach, why don't you tell folks about uh, you know how we're going to break down the season and uh, what we do in terms of lineups. Absolutely. And as Andrew said, you know, we'll finish the 30 team breakout here in this pod today. And then we'll do one final, that fourth part, uh, right before the season starts, just to bring it all together, see if there's any last minute moves with the Harden or anything like that. Just firm it all up, check the injuries, you know, set the stage. So that'll be part four. And also, as Andrew said, if you're watching this right now, uh, on uh, YouTube, it's super important that you subscribe, hit that thumbs up, and and uh, hit the alarm button. That really helps us uh, go up the chain in the algorithms with YouTube, and we really, really appreciate that. Uh, as far as the format for the regular season, uh, Andrew and I will uh, be doing five day a week podcasts that we'll post here, that will go out everywhere podcasts are heard. What we'll do is we'll look at that particular slate. We'll go game by game, and we'll put together some, uh, you know, fades, some some real strong plays. We'll go through all of the injuries. We we check that report at the beginning. So we'll really give you a full look at everything that you need for that day. And what we'll be doing is we'll be doing that uh, the evening prior. So. We will get that podcast up. Let's say it's a, a, a nine-game Monday slate. We will get that posted late Sunday so that it gives you a chance for the late-nighters to see it on Sunday. Or if you're driving to work on Monday or lunchtime, 
it gives you all kinds of opportunities to check out our complete breakout of which will you know be giving you all that information and we're also adding a new thing for each pod uh, we, we initiated in golf and it was super successful and people have really responded well to it. We're going to do a, a two brains uh, better, are better than one uh, in at each show, somewhere between the middle and the end, where we're going to actually build a full GPP lineup on FanDuel that everybody can use. Hopefully, you know, we'll do that so that maybe a group of us that listen to this can all share uh, uh, one of the Millie makers. That's, that's the plans there. So that'll be uh, five days a week. And then we're going to have two day a week podcasts where I'm going to be going solo in our discord. So we would love for you guys to be a member so that you can jump in there. Uh, we have all kinds of different packages all the way down to, uh, you know, a $25 one weeker. And it, you know, allows you to get in there, uh, you know, in those podcasts, because they're going to be membership based, I will be building some lineups right in there and putting some stuff together. So that'll have a different twist. Uh, for us this year. So that's that's how it's going to roll out. We've put a lot of thought and work into it. Uh, Andrew's uh, really putting the time in, so hats off to you, man. And speaking of hats off, I went no hat today. In honor of the beginning of basketball, I wanted to show my dome. I wasn't going <laughs> to paint it orange, yeah. but I thought that might scare too many people away. Well, but maybe for the regular season. Yes. But <laughs> but anyway, Andrew is, is still, you know, really busy in the NFL season. Their next four or five weeks are huge. So, you know, giving those two days where he can focus on football is really going to help. Plus, you know, I like the twist of being able to go uh, head to head with some of our members and mention some stuff and, you know, uh, really grind it out and try to figure out what the best plays are. So that's the plan. Um, you know, we're again, we're coming off 79.1% winning percentage in our cash games uh, for the bizarre season of, you know, pre-COVID and then the bubble. But, hey, you know, it, it, it was great. So we're going to continue uh, to try to push towards that magic 80% number. As lofty as it is, you know, uh, that's, that's going to be our private goal of trying to get to that number. That's right. And the path toward that success continues today with part three of our preseason series as we continue to go team by team and look at all the changes. So let's start, Coach, today with your Dallas Mavericks. What is your DFS outlook for your local team? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm so fired up, man. I am really pumped. I think, you know, this has been the most excitement I've seen for a Mavs team since, you know, 2011 when they won it. It really is because Certainly had some lean years in there, but, you know, I still pinch myself to think, how did the Mavericks have Luka Doncic, Doncic and Kristaps Przingis and their age and their potential? It's mind-bending. So a couple of things with the Mavericks this year uh, that are going to be extremely exciting, you know, is is the fact that they they understood that offensively the Mavericks did some things they've never done before last year. Phenomenal. Luca obviously being first team NBA in on some of the books he's the second favorite for the MVP for the whole league like above Davis and LeBron as crazy as that is so I mean we know we're going to get a lot of explosive offense there but they also know that you know defensively you can't be as porous as they were last year 
So every move they made, if you look at every move they made in the draft and trades and free agency, it all had to do with addressing the defensive issue, which they've done. So from a Maverick standpoint, DFS-wise, we used to really target against Dallas a lot as far as we knew that the other team you know, was going to score 115, 120 points. That is going to come down. So we'll adjust that when we're doing our uh, defensive real plus minus and evaluations every day, that Dallas is going to be tightening it up a little bit defensively. Here's the other side of that that, that I, I'm not worried about. People always associate when you play better D that the pace is going to be slower. That's not the case. You look at the Lakers last year, actually when you play great defense, you're either getting a steal or a missed shot or a quicker rebound than letting somebody just move the ball you know, and use the whole clock and do that. So you're getting more baskets off of transition, defensive baskets off of mistakes. So that pace continues. So I think you know, in rostering these guys, uh, we're still going to have great value from the Dallas side. The big thing, and, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you, is when is Kristaps Porzingis going to be back? That's the big question. You know, he's been working out, looking great in preseason. Everybody's raving. You know, he's, he's scrimmaging and things like that. But, you know, Dallas is very, very cautious with Porzingis. And I assume that he will miss the first maybe three weeks of this of the season, uh, mid-January, I'm thinking, is when he'll be back. So we have to adjust that accordingly uh, and then take it from there. But I think once they have, you know, they have Dwight Powell back, who missed all of last season, you know, in grabbing a Josh Richardson, who has the potential to be a, a first-team all-defensive player, Jalen Brunson, who was a massive loss last year that no one talked about, he missed the whole bubble and all of that. He was a, he's a really good spark off the bench. He's mean, tough, and you know. And then uh, you know, let's see how these new guys that they added, uh, you know, in free agency, like a James Johnson. You talk about tough. You don't get tougher than that. And then you know, they brought Willie Cauley Stein back. Here's some of the uh, guys that you know they signed too. Wesley Awundu, who could play defense. They drafted Josh Green who's a terrific defender, uh, youngster, he's 19 years old. And same thing, you know, with Tyrell Terry that they brought in as a young guy and Tyler Bay. So the Mavericks actually built uh, an infrastructure of defensive players uh, from last season to this season. And hats off to my buddy, uh, you know, I think Donnie Smith, this might have been his best offseason ever. Sorry yeah, I went so long. I, I could talk I, for two hours on the Mavs. I figured you 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 would, and it's a great way to start here. Um, so let's get back to one specific question, though, at the power forward spot. Early in the season, we know that Dwight Powell will be playing center, uh, coming off the Achilles injury. But does Maxi Kleba start? Does James Johnson James Johnson get a bunch of minutes? What what happens there? You know, it that hasn't been decided yet, and I think uh, for DFS purposes. It's not going to be a fun situation initially. When Chris Stapps is back, yes, he's going to always be playable, especially in certain matchups. You're going to see Maxi Kleba, James Johnson, Dwight Powell, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Boban Marinovich. All those guys are going to split minutes at 4-5, rotate around. You know, uh, Coach definitely likes to, to split minutes with folks. So 
I would say initially uh, fade those guys, see if anybody really steps up. But then as soon as he does, is Porzingis is going to be back. So, yeah, it's, it's a, a fade spot for me initially. Okay, great. Well, let's transition to Houston, another team in Texas. And uh, lots of big news there with Russell Nuts. Westbrook heading yep. east, John Wall coming to town. And, uh, you know, quietly, they've added Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. And I say quietly because, obviously, the, the huge news with Russell Westbrook leaving and yeah. what's what's going to happen with James Harden. But if James Harden stays, and let's break this team down as if he is going to stay because he's there right. right now, what do you think about Wall and Harden and these uh, new bigs here, Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins? Well, I, you know, if you're a Houston fan right now, you got to be, like, shaking your head what is going to happen here and what's going on you know one thing i want to mention real quickly andrew and let's remind each other as we go we wanted to check in real quickly on the betus.com.pa win totals for teams because when we're talking about them it also gives us an idea of what you know vegas's input in is how good they think these teams are going to be which helps in dfs it's something you have to look at on a regular basis uh the mavericks by the way are 42 and a half wins which is a lot and it's only a 72-game season. See, everybody's always programmed to look at that number at an 82. So 42-and-a-half for the Mavericks. What do you think, man? I, I'm going to stay away from that number. You know, the, the nice thing about it is it's, it is hard to adjust to 72 games. But last year, most, most teams played right around that number. So you can look at last year's record as sort of a starting point. And right. Dallas was 43-and-72. Sorry, 43 and 32. Watch your uh, mouth, sir. <laughs> My bad. They're not going to lose every game this year. 43 and 32. So, you know, right around that number. Uh, I'm going to stay away from that one. You know, I, I'm i a fan, but I think that number is a little bloated. So I'm not all over it. I'm not against it if Porzingis is healthy, but I'm with you on the pass. And since we're there, and then I'll jump into Houston, how about the Rockets numbers? Only 34 and a half. Way That's too a low. Plunging, plunging spot. I mean, if Harden stays, they're going to smash that. They're not going to be under 500. And even if he goes, they're going to get a bunch of talent in return. I, I'm, I'm all about the over on this one. I, you know, I think it's so low because no one knows what's going to happen with the Rockets. And people are like, screw that. I, what if they're in a full rebuild? I don't want to get smoked by it. I, I say, Play the over here. Yep. Uh, you know, the coach that took over in Houston, it's Silas, the the Mavericks uh, assistant head coach la last several years. He's a fantastic coach. I hope they give him a fair shake because, you know, he's the one that set all those offensive sets for the Mavs. Really, you know, is credited a lot with, with Luke's emergence as a superstar because he put him in those positions to do well. So, uh, you know, I'm actually bullish on the Rockets because I agree with you. We're going to do this evaluation with Harden being there because it's senseless to do one with him gone because all the other parts are going to change with who they get back. But either way, they're not going to trade Harden for, for nothing, just draft picks. It's not going to be like a thunder kind of thing. They're going to come, if it's the Nets, for example, they're going to get back the Dinwiddies and Leverts and be fine. So I like the over there. And as far as looking at this team goes, you know, it's it's very interesting. Uh, not a lot of what they've done has made a whole lot of sense. We've still been trying to sort of figure that out. But, uh, you know, they say John Wall's healthy. Uh, I did read where he's going to be on an unofficial limit 
initially just because he's been out for a year and a half. So he'll get some minutes there that start improving as the year goes on. But, you know, if Harden uh, goes or, you know, sits or decides he wants to spend uh, three, four days straight at the strip club and and, uh, doesn't show up, you know, Wall, people forget his speed. And they said he's just as fast now somehow as he was six, seven years ago. So, I, you know, Wall's going to be on my radar. Um, you know, they have a lot of nice pieces that played well last year with the, the Gordons and Houses and Macklemore's and P.J. Tucker's, all the regulars. And then the two big ads for them that are going to make a huge difference is Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. I think they ba- both play huge roles. And uh, as you had stated when we were talking beforehand, uh, that uh, Silas wants to run a five out. He still wants to spread the floor and, you know, uh, not have anybody clogging up the middle for the drives from Harden or Wall. So, you know, Christian Wood can shoot the three. He's going to be a terrific addition for them. And Cousins also can shoot the ball. So, you know, I, I like if they develop chemistry with or without Harden, I think this is a dangerous team. Um, the only thing that could go wrong is if Wall, who's often injured, goes down and Harden doesn't it just has wants to go no matter what, and they have to take less of a return. There could be the potential of things going south, but initially for DFS purposes, obviously Wall Harden, you know, I think, and then you st- have to start looking at Christian Wood as maybe one of the guys that's going to pick up all that usage of what uh, you know people like. Uh, Ariza prior to, and then last year Covington and all of that. They, th- I think that role is going to be where you can score 18 points, get 10 rebounds and three blocks and be very effective. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have my eyes on Houston. I don't think they're going to be a great defensive team. And, you know, that could be something to uh, really look at going against teams that are playing Houston. So I think that will be my initial uh, draw to to their games. They're on my clicker. They have made the rotation. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be I'll be watching them early and often to see how this gels together with the new faces and Coach Silas. And for me, it's just going to come down to pricing. You know, we'll see if Wall and Harden are both playing. Uh, you know, is is Wall overpriced at that point? Uh, and Christian Wood, that's the price I'm going to look at the most. If give me something under seven thousand. And I'll fire him up because I agree. I think he's going to get some extra usage and have a really good season. So uh, he, he'll be a fun one to play. I'm, I'm happy for P.J. Tucker. The dude doesn't have to play center now right. anymore with Wooden right. Cousins there. He actually gets to play against somebody a little closer to his size. So good for him. Yeah, he might have a little bit of energy left for offense. He kind of ran out of gas in the in the bubble Oh, he uh, did. With those heavy, heavy minutes. Uh, Chasing seven footers up. around. Yeah, that yeah. was tough. All right, well, let's transition to the Memphis Grizzlies. And let's start with their win total because it's 31, which, again, when you compare it to Houston, to me, is just absurd. Houston, 30, 34 and a half, and Memphis, 31. Uh, you know, no thanks. That, that just doesn't make sense. So let's let's take a look at this uh, roster. And the the big question here early on is, as Justice Winslow is still out, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out. What happens with the usage? Who steps up? 
Uh, it's not guys that are very exciting, but maybe somebody like Brandon Clark, if he's starting, will be playable. Yeah, you know, they, they really didn't add anything. I mean, of, of yeah, I understand that, you know, they have a great young coach. They have a great young nucleus. So I do like that they're going the right direction and they're going to try to lock up their their key young guys, you know, like Jaw and Triple J, Brandon Clark, those guys for long term. Um, you know, it, I think when when Triple J went down last year, they just fell apart. I mean, he was such an important piece of their team. So I think, you know, on any given night with him out uh, for a while at the beginning, you know, Jaw Morant, certainly, you know, I know he's one of your top uh, rostered guys last year because he's got the ball in his hands. He's explosive. You know, he st- made, you could see improvement as the season went on last year. He was rookie of the year. So you got to take your hat off to him. Um, you know, there's always value plays, it seems like, from Memphis. There was a lot of times we rolled out Dylan Brooks because his price was cheap and he does decently. You know, Grayson Allen started becoming a, a main cog in the rotation. I think we need to keep an eye on him at a cheap price. The problem is, what are they going to do at the three? Right now, it looks like sleepy, you know, slow-mo Kyle Anderson right. yeah. or, or or Mario Hazonia getting some minutes there. Uh, you know, they could go small and have Brooks and Allen in. Not a not a super spot there. The guy that the two guys that I like the most on Memphis, I know even more than Jaw, which is I know not you don't agree with, but I think Brandon Clark and, and Joe Val are both terrific players. I think they'll uh, dominate any inside action that this team has. Without Triple J out there, I mean everything falls on their shoulders. And they really don't have uh, – they have Gorgie Jang as a backup big, which is a nice backup big. And Clark can switch over and play the five. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of more minutes out of Clark and Valachunas until Triple J's back. And I think it's it's going to be advantageous to focus on those two. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I do like Clark a little better than Joe Val because I think he's more consistent. And his energy just always seems to pay off. With Joval, the guy really has a lot of volatility with his output. I mean, he has that 45 to 50 point upside, and it'll come. And, and when it comes, you, you watch it and you say, well, this, yeah, I'm, this is no surprise. But then the next night, he'll go out there and put up 15 to 20 for some reason. It's just strange. He's but- inconsistent. You know, a lot of that has to do with Andrew. He gets in foul trouble. Yep. I, I had him several times last year. You know, I'd roster him. He'd get you, like you said, 52 DFS points. Like he wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Next game, he gets like two stupid reaching fouls or something. Then gets completely out of sync. And he's the kind of guy that then when he gets back in there, presses a little bit. Right. And and it just it's frustrating. I think Clark, you're right, is probably the better upside because how many times did we roster Clark and he only played like 19, 20 minutes? It was very frustrating. There, he wasn't a major player in there when Triple J and Joe Val and those guys were, were getting all the minutes. So that's another thing to keep, you know, to, to consider that we haven't seen Clark at full, full. The last time I saw Clark play full games on a consistent basis is when Doss and I went to the NBA summer league the year before last, that was Clark's rookie season. He was the MVP of that summer league and Memphis won the whole thing. And he dominated. We watched game after game. 
24 points, 13 rebounds, four blocks. So put a big circle around Clark. This Jackson being down at the beginning could be his his really step forward in his career. Absolutely. And one more thing on Memphis. If you didn't pay close attention to them last year, one of the things I love about Coach Jenkins, the stretch of games, they don't quit. They play till the final whistle. They foul. They play the foul game. They extend the game. So you know, keep that in mind when you're thinking about stacking. You know, you, game stack is a is a great opportunity with Memphis because of that. Or if you're doing in game betting, and you're looking at the over under. You keep that in mind. They, they're going to score a lot of points. Both teams are going to score a lot of points late in the fourth in a close game. So um, that's a terrific point. And you're right. That's that mentality you tried to bring back to them. They're not going to give up on any game. So yeah. it does affect things. And if you're a better, too, you know, that also affects that number down the stretch. So keep an eye on that. As far as the over-under, the number you stated was at 31 and a half. 31. Uh, that's a little low, but I I need to know better when Triple J is going to come back. I would take the over if I knew he'd be back pretty quick because I do like the nucleus. But, man, it's a, the West is brutal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a tough number. I think the West is too tough. If anything, I'm, I'm going under on that number. Okay. Team number four today, Coach, we've got the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. And, yes, there was a big trade with Drew Holiday leaving town, Eric Bledsoe coming in. Uh, Steven Adams is in town now as well. But I want to start with Coach Van Gundy. What do you think his impact is going to be? Because we know with Coach Gentry, it was fast-paced, high-scoring, not much defense, great opportunity for DFS. It's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I Coach Stan has a tendency to be a little bit more of an old-school coach sometimes. But I think his time away from the game, I really enjoyed his calling of the games because he was he was doing the games uh, in the bubble. And, uh, you know, his insight, the way he sees the game, I just I love his philosophy and, and thinking. A lot of times, you know, he'd say stuff that we would be talking about here and say, wow, you know, he's looking at that the same way. So, I mean, he's definitely an outstanding coach. I, I'm interested to see how he adjusts his coaching style to be more of a player coach. I think that that's very important. You know, when you look at his old days of coaching, like when he was at Orlando, you know, he and Dwight Howard would butt heads, although Dwight Howard, you know, is going to butt heads with, with, with anybody. But there were different times, it's, you know, that he was a little tough on some of his players. Now, the, the telling point was hilarious. Did you happen to see uh, when they had J.J. Redick uh, in the news conference, no. they, 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 well, he got, he played for Stan Van Gundy when he was a rookie. Uh, so Reddick was like, uh, yeah, I can't effing wait for the start of, of, uh, practices because he knows <laughs> Van Gundy's tough. Right. And so, but he didn't say F and he, he used the whole spiel. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure he's telling these guys, Hey, listen, you know, you're going to have to buckle it up and play because he's, he's a tough nosed coach. You know, I still don't think he's a player's coach per se, but I do love his knowledge of the game. Uh, I was well uh, documented stating I felt Alvin Gentry, God bless him, nicest man in the world, was one of the three worst coaches in the league. And I knew they'd, they'd make huge strides when he was gone. So I'm I'm high on, on the Pelicans. I like the moves they made. I You know, I think that their future is right in front of them. I think... 
What a fantastic move to grab Steven Adams. Perfect fit to bring together a young team like this with tough nose, hardcore mentality. I mean, I think that in, in unison with bringing in the new coach and then the changing of the guard with Holiday gone, uh, you know, Bledsoe plays his tail off. And that's really the, the message I think that the Pelicans have done uh, with br bringing in, you know, Griffin, I think is the best GM in the, in the league. I think what he's done in the Pelicans in three short years after the disaster of them imploding and, and Anthony Davis wouldn't play. And to go from that to having a stacked young lineup with, with most improved player in Brandon Ingram, an emerging ball, Bledsoe that still has game left, Zion, who's possible MVP material down the road, and then you have a guy like Steven Adams. It's a, a really good core big guy. I think the Pelicans make the playoffs this year. I think they show a lot of progress. And if Van Gundy can walk that line of discipline to, you know, being somewhat of a player's coach, I think they're going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to watching it. It's a very important team with all that talent. Uh, apparently Zion's in good shape and he should be in a much better spot in terms of minutes. So I'll be, again, really interested in his price early because uh, I, I love the idea of playing him in better shape with more minutes. Uh, Going to have to watch closely of how the dynamic plays out between Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe in the backcourt. One guy that I'm going to pull pull back from a little bit early on is Josh Hart, because last year he was one of those guys that if anyone was out or if he was priced a little bit lower, you could play him and be pretty confident that he was going to get a bunch of rebounds and be involved and and pay off his value. But that's one of those things where with a new coach, you just you're not sure who he's going to favor off the bench. And, right. you know, is he going to put him in spots to get a bunch of rebounds? So that's a guy that I'm going to fade a little bit. And then I can't we can't, you know, continue without mentioning the, the biggest acquisition of the of the year. This, for this could be the difference maker for Wenyan Gabriel, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, got a local player here from New Hampshire. Uh, so I root for him a little bit. And, you know, David Griffin, like you said, potentially the best GM in the NBA. He's got an eye for talent. And he, he saw that, hey, we need to stash this guy who, you know, you never know. He might not play for the first 20 games of the season. Or maybe he'll take a big leap in performance this year because he is really talented. Uh, he's got the, the raw skills, the athleticism. So you never know. Maybe a guy like that steps up this year. So so we'll keep an eye on him. I love it, man. That, that's what I love most about you, Andrew. You're just bulldogish. Never give up on your guys. <laughs> I love it. For for our listeners that wonder why we're spending so much time on Wayne and Gabriel, we last year during the bubble, we had a, a spot there where we rostered him a few times trying to get him some extra minutes. So it became sort of a point counterpoint on a few of the pods. So we've always... We all have some of those guys that we yeah. believe in that we're not giving up on. So you never right. know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I want to say one thing on the over under. I, I'm interested to see where you are because it's a very aggressive 36 and a half number for a team that hasn't won really since AD left. So, yeah, to me, that's, that's a little bit like Dallas. I think it's a pretty good number. I wouldn't bet that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I think they can get to it, but I'm not, like, super confident. Plus, 
we haven't seen proof that Zion can play full deal, you know, the through, throughout. Now, what I've read, unfortunately, it wasn't from the front office or Griffin or uh, or Van Gundy. It was from Zion. He stated twice now on those press conferences that he has no limits restriction. He's in fine shape. He's ready to go. So I just want to say, you know, two of my biggest targets going into this regular season are Brandon Ingram, who I rode last year. I mean, he was he was at the cornerstone of a lot of my winning lineups last year because he was underpriced for the majority of the year, and uh, people just didn't realize how damn good he was. Now, he's not going to sneak up on anybody this year. He's going to be higher priced. But I still think Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, with this roster build and with Van Gundy as a coach, are going to have massive numbers. Adams, they, they won't run a single play for Adams. They never have. He's going to get the garbage points, the tip-ins, you know, falling on somebody's back, rolling over two other guys, tipping the ball to somebody. But they're not going to run anything to him. So he's not going to need the ball. Lonzo Ball is going to be very particular about his shots. He's a playmaker. Eric Bledsoe, uh, again, with his size and some of the matchups, you know, he'll facilitate because he's used to playing point guard. So they're, I think the more majority of time, we have two point guards on the floor. So who are all those guys feeding? Mainly Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So those are two super high guys, in my opinion. You know, if you're having your drafts for your year-long leagues, uh, I know that you're not going to sneak up with anybody on those guys. But, uh, you know, Andrew, last year, I faded Zion Williamson more than anybody in the industry because I thought he was out of shape. I didn't like the rotation, and I thought Gentry was just a terrible coach. I think that all changed this this year. If he stays healthy, you're going to see a hell of a lot of winning lineups with Ingram and Williamson in there. Yeah, I'm excited to play them both. Let's turn to a team that uh, doesn't have as many players that we're excited to play. That's the San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich still at the helm, so they'll continue to run those split rotations where guys are 22 to 30 minutes, and it's a complete mess from a DFS perspective. And uh, it's going to be, you know, a slightly different approach than in years past because Popovich has announced that they're going to continue with the small ball approach that they really started using in the bubble, uh, which, you know, okay, that's exciting. But there's so many guys that can play the one, the two, the three for San Antonio. It's going to be hard on any given night to really want to roster any of them. How about if I do like we we do when we do our uh, weekly podcast? Pass. Yeah, I'll pass this game. I'll pass this team for I'll the season. I'll pass this season. Yes. Yeah. Now I'll tell you, I I don't want any part of anything here. I, I really don't. First of all, I don't never trust anything Pop says because he does that strategically to try to throw people off. He may very well play Jakob at center the whole season. I mean, you just can't believe what he says. He's always trying to zig and zag, and there's strategic reasons for that. But if you want to try to figure out between DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills, Trey Jones, Derek White, DeMar DeRozan, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, then rookie Devin Vassell, LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Trey Lyles, Jakob Pertl, Tyler Zeller, and Drew Eubanks, those guys are all going to get minutes. They're all, I mean, it's a DFS nightmare, this team. And if, I mean, yes, if you pick a LaMarcus Aldridge on one specific night, when they're playing a team that doesn't, you know, guard mid-range shooters that can rebound, et cetera, 
you can hit on it. But I'll tell you what, I, I don't think there was another team in the league that I saw people's lineups go up in smoke because they insisted on having Murray or Lonnie Walker or Rudy Gay or, you know, these guys in there. It's just, it's a mess. And, you know, they're over-unders 29 and a half for a reason. I think they're terrible. I don't think they make the playoffs. And I'm really not interested at all DFS-wise. It's a Russian roulette when you roster their guys. It really is. And I'm going to stay away from the guards. The only two guys I'd, I'd consider on a regular basis are DeRozan based on his price. You know, we saw some days last year where he was down around 7000 So in, in that spot, especially if you're a cash game player, you could go there. And then LaMarcus Aldridge, depending on his price, I would consider him because he's the guy that's going to get the most consistent minutes and touches. And the news with Aldridge this offseason, he's continuing to try to develop the three-point shot. We saw last year that he started taking more threes. And so if he's going to get out there and start shooting more threes instead of those long twos, I'll have a little bit more interest in him. But in general, most nights it will be a pass. And you all will hear that on our daily podcast when we when we fade the Spurs at every opportunity. I love you, Pop, but, you know, I think that the, the dog days of the Spurs being champs are over. Yep. It's uh, the time has passed. Yes. But the time right now is to talk about this season and membership at DFS Coach Talk. There are two options for you. Here's the first one. It's tremendous. It's from betus.com.pa. Listen up, sports bettors. It's go time. So put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. And most importantly, a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Now we have the best book in the industry teamed up with the best DFS provider in the industry. Make your first deposit of $149 at betus.com.pa with promo code COACHTALK and receive a free membership with DFS Coach Talk with full access to our DFS lineups in NBA, NFL, PGA, and MLB. The best in the biz. Sign up today to make straight bets, future bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you so much to BetUS for setting that offer up for our listeners. Again, if you want to go that route to become a member with us, use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, when you make that deposit of $149 at betus.com.pa. Let us know on Twitter that you've done that, and we'll send you an email get you into our discord where we give out our lineups but coach that's not the only way you can join us as a member do you want to discuss the other option yeah i mean the the exact same option is available uh as our nba first half package which goes from the day you sign up because we're starting nba tonight all the way through uh april 1st it's the same package that you get as a bet us uh, if you open your account there, if you don't want to, uh, if you don't bet on games and you don't want to play bet us, then you can just go to dfscoachtalk.com, sign up for the 149 NBA first half, uh, all access, and you get that same exact membership. And also, you know, if you're new to us or have been wanting to try us, you can certainly try for a week, 
uh, at the $25 rate or the month at 75. However you wanna do it uh, with those timeframes, you're welcome to sign up that way. But really the best deal that we've ever given out, in, in my opinion, is this 149 that, that takes you all the way to April 1st. Because again, you don't just get the NBA, you get everything that we do. Once you're a member, you're in our Discord, you get all of our sports, and we don't do all crazy stuff with trying to be experts at everything. We have true pros in the NBA, PGA, MLB, and NFL. And we focus on those. We're giving lineups. We do everything. And you get all of that with your membership for the time frame that you're with us. So don't be afraid to sign up just directly through us. Uh, but if you do take advantage of that awesome uh, DFS, uh, go to dfscoachtalk.com and then uh, betus.com.pa. Make sure you use the promo code COACHTALK as the wonderful voice said there, uh, all one word, no space. And then you can jump on and enjoy this uh, money train that we like to call the NBA season. That's right. And again, what makes us different is we're not a provider that just gives out content and podcasts and articles. We build lineups for every slate and we gear them towards the cash player and then a GPP lineup. Full lineups on FanDuel, every NBA slate, preseason and regular season starting tonight. So jump right in, take advantage of all the work we've been putting into this. Uh, this offseason and for, for many years leading up to it. All right, Coach, let's get to the Pacific Division. A lot of exciting teams here, some title contenders, uh, recent title success with Golden State. Let's start there. Unfortunate news with Clay Thompson being out again, um, but it's going to open up some opportunities for Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, who they got into the mix uh, after that uh, injury. So let's start there. If uh, sort of out of context on any given night, would you rather play Andrew Wiggins in DFS or Kelly Oubre thinking about how they're going to fit into the Warriors plans this season? Well, you know, I've dogged Andrew Wiggins for for several years now. I think he's a huge underperformer, especially for DFS and all the different peripherals he Bounds or he will. He is so scoring dependent DFS wise, he's a risk. And especially if he's out there with these other guys that can all score now that they've got several of their players back. So, what I like about Ubre, he's he is new to the team. It's going to take a little time. So, you know, you, you may want to look at it for a couple, a couple games. But the nice thing about Ubre is he will block some shots, he'll get some rebounds. He'll, he'll really add to his value that way. And he'll be cheaper than Wiggins, more than likely. And so, you know, it's going to be the value kind of look there. So to answer your question, I look more, a little bit more towards Ubre than I do Wiggins at this point. Um, you know, things will change, though, with this team dramatically. You know, we already have the fact that Draymond Green and James Wiseman, uh, more than likely they're starting four and five. Both have some injuries. They will not play uh, in the preseason. So we won't see Green or Wiseman, based on the information today uh, that was posted from the team, until the season kicks off on December 22nd. So that muddies the waters a little bit of what to expect. Uh, you know, I think it's obviously going to be Curry, Wiggins, Oubre, Green, and Wiseman once the season starts. But prior to that, you know, as far as their bench goes and how much that's going to take away 
from their top guys. They added Brad, Brad Wanamaker from the Celtics for a backup point role. They still have guys like Jordan Poole and Juan Toscano-Anderson, who was a big talk around the, the league in DFS last year with all their injuries. Damian Lee still there, Kent Bazemore, Eric Paschal, Marquise Chris, Kevin Looney. So they're deep. They do have that whole rotation that they had last year. Uh, and then they added the number one pick in James Wiseman, in my opinion. He should have, he's, he could be the out of this draft. Uh, so, you know, this team's going to be interesting. Their defense was really, really bad last year. Uh, so you could target against them all the time. As far as targeting this team, though, Andrew, I'm interested in your take on it because I, I mean, all these guys are going to need shots. Curry, Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond, he still gets shots up. And then anything inside with Wiseman, Chris, and Looney, you know, I, I'm not super thrilled with Stack and Warriors. I'm still from the school of thought. I want to see how their defense adjusts. Now, it could be night and day defensively because Draymond missed last year. He's an all-NBA defensive player. Kelly Oubre is a dog on defense. I I can't understand why more teams don't want Oubre. He's moved around to like five teams in this year, and he's such a good young offensive talent with great defensive upside. And then Wiseman's going to protect the rim. So, you know, the, the jury's out for me on Golden State or against Golden State. That is going to be one of my teams – that I'm going to tread very lightly to see how that that comes together. Yeah, well, with Golden State, I think there's so many different dynamics here at play that it is going to be game dependent on if we want to target them, stack a couple guys, stack against them. And here are some of those factors. Uh, Coach Kerr has come out and said that he wants to ease the guys into the season, you know, yeah. be because of all the injuries. They've already lost Clay. So he's going to monitor their minutes and limit those early. So we're going to have a, a deeper rotation early in the season. And this is definitely a team where if we have guys out, I'm going to be interested in the backups, you know, starting right. with starting with the preseason. If we get Eric Paschal starting and he's at a low price on DraftKings, I'm very interested there. If we get, uh, you know, guaranteed 24 minutes for somebody like Kavon Looney with Wiseman out, and it does sound like Kerr is going to favor Looney over Chris, then, you know, at a minimum price, he's a guy you could put in there and, and expect a double-double. Yeah. Um, Curry, I'm going to probably hesitate to play because of the lower minutes early in the season. Um, and, and let me finish with where I started here with the question to you about Wiggins and Oubre. You know, the funny thing is I am an enormous Kansas Jayhawks fan, and these two guys are two of my least favorite Kansas Jayhawks players ever because <laughs> in college they didn't have the killer instinct and you know they kind of would just loaf around like Andrew Wiggins we talk about it all the time he's just out there loafing around he'll score 20 couple rebounds one assist he's just no drive and he's not in there you know mixing it up and getting extra stats and Ubre, he just you know didn't have the right attitude in college and that's I think been the problem for him early in his career maturity right he does have tremendous offensive skills and, and talent and potential. And here's what I'm excited about, finally, is what is he maybe going to do in this culture? This is the best opportunity for him to grow and mature, learn how to be a winner from Steph and Draymond and, and Steve Kerr. And so maybe he will really take a step forward. And yeah. I, I agree. Because of the peripheral stats, 
early on, I, I am going to favor him over Wiggins, and we'll just have to you know see how he develops and see how those prices go. You bring out a, a fantastic points there, and and I'll tell you the thing with Wiggins that's frustrating is we all have always said it, but there was actually a ten or twelve day period last season when uh, Minnesota had injuries. It was before the trade and everything. And they decided to play Wiggins strictly at point guard. And he went, I don't know what it was, but he decided that I'm going to play my ass off. He had like double doubles. I think he had a triple double, if I'm not mistaken. He went absolutely nuts. So that effort and that skill level's there. He just doesn't bring it out. Now with Ubre, the reason I'm so high on him is exactly what you said. Definitely free freewheeling kind of. You know, give the coach or GM a headache worrying about, you know, he definitely one of those script club candidate kind of guys. You don't know where where they're coming from. However, it couldn't he couldn't have landed on Mars and, and been I mean, it's the perfect situation. He's got Steph Curry to mentor him and and Steve Curry, I think, is the best coach mentor in the league. You know, Draymond's going to if he sees him loaf at all, he will call him out in physically. So, I mean, it's the greatest spot for him. I think you're going to see, you know, we'll look back at the end of the season and say, man, what a great fit that was. He really took his uh, career a step forward. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. The number, though, is pretty high, 37. What do you think? I'm going to stay away from that one again. Uh, I'm not going to play the under with with Steph Curry and, and Draymond Green ready to go and all the talent and potential of Wiggins and Oubre, but a little nervous to play the over as well. Yeah, I mean, I sort of like the over. I mean, I'm not thrilled yet with the, you know, DFS potential, but I I think Wiseman is is better than people realize. Yep. And I think that, you know, he's the best center that they've had with these guys there. Now, yeah, you can't replace Clay, but I just, I think they're going to be pretty good. I really do. Yep. One last. More. I think that was a great signing. A guy that was making about twenty million a year there for a while, at one year for two point three million. Yeah. And he's a guy that if he's min- near minimum price, and we're looking at you know twenty minutes a night, I think that's a great place to look here because, you know, with Ubre's volatility, maybe foul trouble, technicals, he can get in there if he gets more than twenty minutes. You know, with with those guys, he can be running around. And he's the kind of guy who will get all those peripheral stats. So right. keep an eye, keep an eye on him as as a value play early on in the season, Coach. Let's transition to two of the title contenders, both in L.A. Let's start with the Clippers, and they've got a new coach in town. Tyron Lue has, yeah. has has moved over and and taken over for Doc. And I'm excited about this. He's talking about a, a faster pace. I think no matter what he does, he's going to improve the team chemistry with more consistent rotations. What's your outlook for the Clippers this year? I, you know, I think that that move was somewhat inevitable. I mean, you could, I think Ty Lu had the ear of some of these guys, even as Doc's assistant. I know uh, Paul George and Doc didn't see eye to eye on many things. And in fact, for some reason, I don't know why at this point, Paul George, you know, has thrown Doc under the bus with uh, the main reason why the Clippers faltered in the bubble, which, you know, for multiple reasons, seems extremely unfair. I mean, Doc was 
the coach leader of the whole scenario when all that went down with George Lloyd. And he was a guy on the phone with LeBron and, and President Obama talking about what to do. I mean, there were massive distractions for Doc in the bubble, and he emotionally showed some of those. So I think, you know, to undermine that was disappointing. Nobody in the bubble played worse than Paul George. So to call somebody else out when you played like complete trash is just infuriating to me. But, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Your, the question with Tyrone Lue is, you know, he plays a little faster pace than Doc. He's going to, you know, wants the ball to get up and down. That's going to help us in DFS. Uh, I don't think they're going to minutes restrict as much as they did. I mean, they were ludicrous minutes restrictions. Last year, the two teams that got absolutely murdered by with the COVID and having to go in the bubble were the, the Bucks and the Clippers because they had a plan at the beginning of the season that they were going to rest their guys very consistently, get into the playoffs in the middle, you know, three, four seed, whatever it took, and but their guys would all be fresh. And all that went, all that was wasted and went up in smoke because of COVID. We're in a different world now. Our thinking is different. We don't know. You know, we have a vaccine coming out. Is that going to work? Is anything else going? I mean, so right now, I think a lot of the mentality of these GMs, we've lost a ton of money. We're not going to have fans for quite some time. We need to win. We need to get in the playoffs. We need to drive. And you're seeing these contracts are still massive. I mean, you saw, you know, the $190 million that AD signed for yesterday. Uh, max deals, you know, for, for guys like uh, the point guard uh, for Sacramento. Uh, Fox. Fox signed a monster deal. So they're still paying these guys. So now I think, you know, you're going to have a little bit different mentality. COVID's changed all of us. I think it's changed some of the thinking in the NBA. I think you're going to see more minutes with Lou as the coach for guys like Paul George and Kawhi. I think that that is going to be something that's that's consistent. Um, you know, they had a couple of ads, but they, you know, bringing Serge Ibaka in is massive. I think that's just such a great defensive. Uh, you know, they're so good defensively anyway, and adding him is just is just a beautiful thing. It's going to help them. Luke Kennard was starting to come into his own with Detroit. He's a guy that can give him some great minutes. You know, we know Nicholas Batum is is past past his prime. He was an all-NBA defender in this league. So, you know, you add the fact that they have a new look, a new coach, the same parts in place. They did lose Montrez Harrell, but to me, it's an upgrade with Serge Ibaka when you look at the all the way around uh, with this team. They're deep. They still have Lou and Reggie Jackson and, you know, all these guys that were good contributors uh, in, in the playoffs. If they stay healthy... <clears throat> if they go after it like I think they will, I think they could have possibly the best record in the league. I, I think they're that good. Yeah, I like them over their win total of 46 <clears throat> at that U.S. I would take I feel, it. feel really strongly about that with the new coach, uh, with, with Coach Lou, and everybody going to be extremely motivated to turn it around from last year's extreme disappointment. And everybody apparently in, in good shape coming in. And, you know, the depth is just – it's outstanding from a win pers win perspective. You know, I have some concerns with the depth in terms of playing the guards, for example, with Beverly. And then you mentioned Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, Luke Kennard. I mean, this is some good players, some real depth. Kai Bowman. Kai, yeah. You know, he's, he's on the roster as well. And I, I do want to mention one other thought about Lou Williams. Um, 
tying it in with Montrez Harrell because those two guys had amazing chemistry on the pick and roll uh, coming off the bench. That's why they were both contenders for that six man of the year award every year. And now with Montrez Harrell gone, we're not sure what it's going to be like for Lou Williams. Will he have the same chemistry with Serge Ibaka? Will he get as many shots? So I, I'm going to be down on Lou Williams a little bit this year to start. You know, I loved playing him last year. Um, and I am going to be more focused on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I, I think they step it up. Those are the guys we're going to be able to rely on the most in terms of minutes, shots, and, and DFS uh, production. And, you know, don't forget a couple of things I think are key. You know, if you've been there and done that before, it makes a big difference. And Lou was the head coach at Cleveland when he had two superstars in LeBron and Kyrie, and he was able to get them to play together, which is an amazing thing, to win a championship. And nobody's in the entire league, to me, is more quirky, weird, and odd than Kyrie Irving. He is a bizarre dude. So if if he could do that with, with LeBron and Kyrie, he certainly can do it with Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, he's got that experience. He's won in that scenario. You know, people forget Paul George was having some anxiety type of mental stuff in the bubble. He was feeling locked in. I mean, guys react differently to things like that. And I think it had a huge negative effect on him. I think you're going to see a different focus from these guys. You know, there's no crowds there chirping stuff. There's, I mean, they're going to be at home. They can sleep in their own bed, play on their own court. And I think you're going to see a, a massive jump forward for the Clippers. I really do. Absolutely. Well, let's link to the other team in that building, the Staples Center, with Montrez Harrell, who's now traded locker rooms. He's going to uh, be on the Lakers this year, and that's part of the the changes with that team. They had changes at the guard position and at the bigs. JaVale McGee is gone. Dwight Howard is gone. But they brought in Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell. So I think an upgrade at the bigs for sure. I, I agree. And then Rondo has left, and they've gone younger with Dennis Schroeder. Who I, I think it's perfect timing for that transition. Rondo was huge for that team last year, helping them get the championship. But Schroeder, the, you know, the, the youth and uh, very talented, uh, better shooter. So um, let's start with Schroeder and LeBron. You know, assuming Schroeder starts at the point, uh, how well does he do? Does he take away from LeBron's assists? Do you shy with LeBron a little bit if he's not going to be handling the ball as much? Or is it still all systems go? You know, I think it, it complicates things a little bit. Uh, they've given every indication that they're going to hand the starting point guard uh, role to Schroeder. I think it's his to lose. If he doesn't play well in the preseason and they don't see that chemistry, maybe it doesn't happen. But as of right now, if the season was starting today, he would be the starting one. You know, I the good thing is you're, you're starting two in the backup two it's going to be a combination of, of KCP and Wesley Matthews. So those guys don't particularly <clears throat> need the ball or the shots. So we don't have to worry about that spot. But, you know, when you're talking Anthony Davis uh, being the key factor and Kyle Kuzma probably stepping into a little bit more of a role at this point, um, you know, then you're looking at James Schroeder, Davis, and then as a backup a little bit with Kuzma, which then brings you to the fact of is the Marcus All Montrez Harold job a complete split? If it's a split playing for me anyway, that pretty much eliminates it. I don't want a 22-minute center, uh, you know, when you have a, a, a 10-game slate. So 
I'm not afraid on the LeBron James, Anthony Davis side of things. I think we have to see Schroeder might be a good value play early on as well as Kuzma. I do think, and I've been down on Kuzma as well, I think he steps up a little bit more, gets a little more opportunity this year. It's sort of like a make or break, like, are, you know, are we going to keep this guy long term? Are we going to move him on? I think this is his season uh, to prove that. So uh, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I'm concerned about their depth. I mean, if, if LeBron goes down for any period of time, we know Anthony Davis never gets hurt. So right. we're not worried about that. Of course. But, you know, if those guys are out for any stretch, you know, they're going to be sucking wind a little bit behind some teams because, uh, you know, again, they don't have just much explosiveness uh, behind them. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, there's going to be all those nights where we're looking at the slate and it comes down to do I want to play LeBron or AD? You know, it's, we're going to have that same dilemma like we did last year because uh, it's going to be impossible to afford both. But I think they're both going to be playable almost every night. You know, this this complete roster is built around them without question. I think then I'll make this prediction here. Since we're talking about this, we can pull this up at the end of the season. I think this is the year, granted, we tease him because he gets a hangnail and sits out. If Anthony Davis can play 60, 62 of the 72 games, I think he will be the MVP of the league. I think he's that much better than everyone else. And as dominant as LeBron is, He's, his age and everything else, even a 5% reduction, and even, you know, uh, we'll look up all those stats and have real numbers for you, but I've got to feel he'll handle the ball about 12 to 15% less with Dennis Schroeder being on the floor, which will impact his assists and drawing fouls. So I see just a slight regression with LeBron, and I think if Davis stays healthy, which is always the biggest if, I think he could be the guy that could possibly be the best play during the season in DFS. I think he's going to have a monster year. I think he will have a monster year as well. He could be the best play on any given night. I do think LeBron takes a tiny bit of a step back from DFS production because of Dennis Schroeder, and they're obviously going to slowly get into their minutes here with the short offseason after the finals, which LeBron obviously not happy about. Um so uh, interesting, though, that you would say that about Anthony Davis and sell your guy Luca short because Luca's in the in the top five for MVP potential. And the thing about Luca is he doesn't I mean, he has Porzingis, but he doesn't have LeBron like AD does because that can really you know the split usage between them, the split votes on who had the biggest impact on the Lakers' success. I like Luca's chances here to to step up and maybe take that award. You know, I and again, I one thing, and, and I know you guys all know this, but I preach it all the time in our in our you know Discord because it's unbelievable to me in DFS how many people. I don't know if they can't split it in their brain, but you can't let any variance to who you like better, who you root for, who's playing the late game, who's on TV. If you build any lineups with any of that affecting what you're doing. You're going to lose. I mean, it's that simple. So here's the thing. I, as much as I love Luca, he still turns the ball over too much, and he still isn't to the level defensively that I think he needs to be a D, to be a player of the year. Now, yes, Harden won it without playing good D, but his numbers were like world record all-time numbers. So 
you know, if if Luca does step it up defensively and can cut the turnovers down, I think he can make a run at it. But he's not there yet. He's twenty. He's twenty one years old. Yeah, he's got a lot of talent. We'll see. It's going to be fun <laughs> to watch. We've yeah. got two teams left today, Coach. Let's okay. go to Phoenix, and they've got a win total. I love the Suns. I love yeah. them. Well, they've got a win total of 39. I'll take I, it. I think it's a little high. Okay, it so is. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is the, the bias here coming out for one of your teams. I like Monty Williams. Oh, I just said you're not supposed to do that. Oops. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Monty Williams and, and Chris Paul are, are reunited. So that's the big news here with Phoenix. Rubio is gone. Oubre is gone, as we talked about. Baines is gone. So let's talk about the, the big three here. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. What are your thoughts on these guys? You know, all, all true honesty, I think Phoenix is going to be is going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to float around, even in the West, float around that five six seed. I think they're really good. Monty Williams is one of my favorite coaches in the league. Tremendous guy, tremendous coach. This team is completely bought in to what he's doing. They went eight and zero in the bubble, which was. One of, I mean, talk about having an excitement. Everything I've read about them, everybody reported early. Everybody's fired up. Everybody's in great shape. Uh, the Paul and Booker thing, they're already doing everything together. Aiton seems to finally have a clear head, you know, clear all the PDs and all that, you know, craziness. You've got a great coach and a great mentor that's put his, his arms around this team. Then he adds... Chris Paul to a team that almost made the playoffs last year, and he's bought into wanting to win this. He thinks they can win. So that's your number one. The second is that I can't believe they were able to get Jay Crowder from the Heat. That shocked me because Crowder was such an integral part of the Heat. The Heat don't make the finals without Jay Crowder. I'm just telling you. He did all the dirty work, some defensive things on everybody from LeBron on down, hit big threes down the stretch. He is the perfect glue guy for this team, and nobody works harder. So you, you've got a veteran point guard in Chris Ball. You've got Devin Booker, arguably the best shooter in the league, right behind Curry, I'm without question. And then you have Mikhail Bridges, who showed that he was really taking his game to the next level as a youngster, along with Cam Johnson, who did the same thing. Look at Cam Johnson's stats the la- in the bubble. They were ridiculous. He was hitting everything. And then you have a little bit more mature, focused DeAndre Ayton. Yes, they're not the deepest team in the league, but, you know, uh, Monty knows how to, to use his guys, rotate people. He's got sneaky guys off the bench like Langston Galloway, one of your favorites, Etwan Moore. All <laughs> those kind of guys do stuff that, you know, you don't see. In the, in, they're boxing out two guys so the other guy can get the rebound. They do all those little things. So he's built a nucleus now of tremendous young talent with a couple of grizzly veterans in Paul and Crowder and a crafty little bench that will come in and get it done when they need to. And I I just, I love the direction that this team's going. I'm not afraid of that number on the over wins. And I, you know, I know teams are going to be watching out for them after that eight no thing and getting those guys. They're not going to be the sneak up on. We think, you know, we have a night off tonight. We can play soft. They're going to be ready to play the Suns, but I think the Suns are going to be able to step up and do it. And Arizona is one of the states like Texas that are going to let fans in a little sooner than everybody else. So they'll start getting 
25% capacity, 50% capacity, when a lot of these other teams will still have zero. And, you know, that's something we'll have to talk about as we start getting into the regular season, because even a 25 or 50% occupancy in your arena in basketball makes a massive difference. It doesn't in football because it's 100,000 people and, it, you know, 10,000 people, you can't even hear them. But, you know, if, if you have 8,000 people in an arena, you can hear them. So those are going to be advantageous pieces for the teams that are in, in the states that are able to get fans quicker. So I'm on the Suns bandwagon. I would rank them, you know, off of DFS as uh, Dallas, uh, Miami, and Phoenix are the teams uh, that are my favorite. So for if anybody cares. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff there. Um Again, it's going to come down to price for the three studs for me uh, on any given night. Um, you know what's happening with Booker's price because I, I do think Chris Paul will set him up, and uh, he is a tremendous shooter, like you said. Lo- love his game, and I think Aiton steps up. I think he gets a little bit more minutes, more touches with Baines and Kaminsky and some of these guys out. So I'll look at those guys on a given night. The rest of the team, I think, is a little bit muddled. So I'm not really excited about playing the three or the four guys. Bridges, Crowder, uh, Cam Johnson, Dario Saric, this rookie Jalen Smith. I like all those guys, but because I think it's going to be more crowded there uh, and not as many shots, uh, I'm probably going to shy away from those guys on most nights. So you like? Uh, you think the number is too high? The win total, I think, is too high. Yep, I say much. I think they could get over 500, but I think it's much more likely that they're 37 and 35, 38 and 34 then they are going to be 40 and 32. All right. All right. One more team to go here. The Sacramento Kings, much much lower win total here, 28 on BetUS. And uh, the the biggest news here is that Bogdan Bogdanovich is out of town. And it's it's kind of funny. We were were, laughing before the show here that you would think with Bogdanovich out, you know, instead of the three-headed monster that we saw and healed last year, now there'd be some clarity. You move Buddy Heald into the starting lineup. He's going to get a bunch of more shots, and we're going to be much more uh, you know, apt to play him in DFS. But Coach Walton won't even say for sure that Buddy Heald's going to be the starter. You know, what do you think about that relationship? It, it doesn't really seem to be in, in a real positive spot right now. Well, I've said this for two years. Every single time we've talked about the Sacramento Kings, and I feel – as strong as I do right now about it. I think, I think Vlade Diva, worst general manager, and he set their franchise back 15 years. Now they fired him. He's been gone for a year. And, you know, he's gone out of there now. So that will improve. But I also think Luke Walton is one of the worst three coaches in the league. I don't like the way he treats his players. I think he's too arrogant and self-centered. You can't be that way. Uh, as a coach, you just can't, you know, and I don't know if it's his upbringing or more of the old school mentality that was taught to him by his dad, Bill Walton, who played for John Wooden and all that stuff. But you, I mean, that's just non-sequential nonsense. The basketball isn't like it was 65 years ago. So he just, I just don't like the job he does. I don't like the way he handles players. And I think with the better GM in place, which I think they put in place, and I think he made some good moves, way, way better than the stupid-ass moves that Vlade made, but like paying Harrison Barnes $80 million and all the insanity 
of mis I could list a hundred mistakes that Velarde made, but I don't think they take the next step until after this season when they fire Luke. They'll have another losing season. I'll take the under with these guys. I just don't think they're quite there yet. I will say that they signed De'Aaron Fox to that mega, whatever, $200 million max contract. Uh, he's a great player. I love him. I think he's going to be terrific in this league for a long time. I think he's playable on any given night, especially if the other team doesn't uh, defend the point guard very well. The big story in the Sacramento preseason camp is, is Tyrese Halliburton. They absolutely love him. Uh, I saw a comment. Uh, from some of the brass of the Kings saying the two guys that have been most impressive this week, I mean, they've only been in there like four or five days so far in camp. Well, actually, it is 11. This is day 10. So they've been in there a while. Is uh, Tyrese Halliburton and uh, uh, Bielitsa. Supposedly, he lost weight and got in shape. So those are two guys put a little star next to because that came from inside. So you're going to be you know, Heald, who is a little temperamental, he pouts and things when he doesn't get his shots. So who knows what's going to happen with the Heald-Halliburton situation. I'd steer clear of it for now. Um, listen to this group of guys at the small forward, Andrew, and tell me what you think about them. Harrison Barnes, Jabari Parker, Glenn Robinson III, Justin James, Robert Woodward II, and Daquan Jeffries. A complete mess. You know, Harrison Barnes is, is a nice player, but he's like the guy that I play the least because he's he's really only a cash option. The upside just isn't there. And apparently Jabari Parker is looking good. Uh, he's in good shape also, and he's talented enough to get out on the floor, make a big impact, and earn more minutes. So no thanks. I'm going to pass on those guys. And then you get to, the, you know, the four spot and the five spot, and that's crowded too. You know, we've got... Hassan Whiteside in town now, and what happens with him and Rashawn Holmes? And you mentioned Bielitsa looking better. Well, don't forget about Marvin, Marvin Bagley. I, I think this is a real good opportunity for him to finally step up and show what he's all about. But it's just it's dicey with that many guys uh, at the three, four, and five spots. You know, I it, it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. I agree with you. I think you're going to get a timeshare a lot from Bagley and Bielitsa, and that's a problem because I think both guys could be good, yep. but not for us in DFS. If, you know, on some of the nights you roster and they play 20 minutes, I mean, you just can't survive that. So we need to watch that closely. I wonder if they regret taking Bagley over Luca, but, I, you know, that was another one of, of the, the wonders of Vlade. But anyway, you know, I would steer clear of the Bagley-Bielitsa thing initially, to see if they're going to be able to get enough minutes for both of them where they can be super dependent. I think both of them could be. Uh, I think Hassan Whiteside is still a good play. I think he's going to be their starting center. He, you know, in chunks of time that he's had a starting position, he leads the entire league in blocks. So, I mean, he's a playable guy. He's obviously weird, inconsistent, the whole nine yards. But if he can get in groove with De'Aaron Fox, I think Hassan Whiteside can be a very, very, very sneaky player uh, to, to roster in DFS. Rashawn Holmes has always been a backup center. Everybody always cries, get him more minutes. He's a starting center. I, he's okay. I mean, but I think he'll come in, play his 18-inch, do really well, 
I think Hassan Whiteside's the main guy there. So, you know, let's watch and see how that plays out. Sacramento has a lot of growth to do, uh, but we have to see how those big shuffle around. I think, you know, generally it's going to be, you know, is De'Aaron Fox, can we fit his salary in? And then maybe on given nights, cherry pick one of the other guys, at least initially. Yep, I like that approach. I'm with you. So uh, speaking of building lineups here, uh, yep. we are at the end of the show. And between now and opening day of the regular season, we're only going to have one more NBA podcast at DFS Coach Talk. We're going to be giving out our lineups for every preseason slate to our members. So again, jump in now and <clears throat> start winning with us. We think we have an edge in preseason based on our previous year's experience. Uh, if not, if you're not ready to jump in, Coach, folks will be able to track our record here in preseason on Twitter, will they not? Yep, they will. And, you know, in Discord and on Twitter, uh, we will consistently put up our results night for night uh, in our cash lineup that we're providing uh, on FanDuel and uh, because we don't provide a full lineup on DraftKings. And we'll, you know, everybody will be able to follow along with that. So, you know, again, this is this is the time to jump in uh, DFSCoachTalk.com. Even if you want to just check it out here for a week during the preseason, uh, join in. You know, that 149 offer, whether you do it through BetUS or us, is going to be there. Uh, you know, to the opening, which is in 11 days of the NBA. So, you know, you want to dive in there as well. We've got lineups ready. We're going to, uh, every night we'll be in there 30 minutes uh, before lock, uh, putting all of our information in. There's definitely money to be made in NBA preseason. I mean, again, it's it's not for the weak of heart. Like I said earlier, you've got to have some some gonads to, to be able to get in there and build lineups. Uh, the fun part about it is, and I, I got to take my hat off to FanDuel. I mean, we've dogged them a lot this year because they had so many problems with their system. It seems like that's finally uh, worked out. Everything's working better. And they did something I thought was really cool for the first time. No one's ever done it that I've seen in this industry. They just didn't put a price on anybody in NBA DFS preseason. Everybody's 100 bucks. And it's, it's the way it should be because it's senseless to put uh, values on any of those preseason because you're going to get some guys that sit a game or don't sit, you know, another guy that's going to play limited minutes. So you got to be following it, watching the beat writers, watching the feeds, looking at all the input, you know, in stuff that we're posting on Twitter, you know, keep an eyeball out for everything, Roto World, Roto uh, everything. I mean, they're, they're all have pieces of input that say, you know, hey, this guy is going to play uh, the majority of this preseason game. They want to take a look at him, you know, and decide if, if he's a keeper or not. And those are the things that win these preseason uh, tournaments and such. So, you know, I always I always tell everybody go a little lighter on the preseason because the variance is much higher. But again, we made some good money there last year. So it's not something you'd have to pass and wait on. And then, you know, all the guns come ablazing here in 11 days when we kick off the season uh, on 12-22. So we'd love to have you as part of the Coach Talk family. Uh, you're going to get more in-depth NBA. I promise you this 24-7, uh, man. We are crazy NBA folks. Uh, Andrew and, and Shane have been crushing NFL all season. They're fantastic. And then, you know, we get PGA starting back up here. Uh, in three weeks, which we've done super well at. So join us, uh, you know, change your DFS uh, philosophy. You'll, you'll see we have a complete 
coach talk process that we utilize for bankroll management, contest selection, everything that we do is diagrammed out, thought through all of our processes. And we ask our members, you know, we don't obviously force them, but anything that, that they can adopt that we're doing with this process will help them really being able to win at DFS in a sustainable, consistent way long-term. And that's our goal. We're not looking for that one quick hit and then you lose for two months straight and lose it all back, plus some. We're looking for consistent wins day by day, building bankroll, and you do that by following a process, being consistent with your contest selection, and being involved with the Coach Talk community. That's the best way to do it. It's a proven uh, commodity over six years, and uh, come join us, and we'd love to have you. Absolutely. So we hope that you all have enjoyed part three of the preseason preview. Again, one more NBA podcast before opening day. So hit the subscribe button, the alert on YouTube, so you get notified when that posts. We're continuing to record five NFL podcasts in front of the paywall, as always. So, so tune in for those. We're pumped about week 14, the main slate coming up here. So uh, we're going to keep we're going to keep crushing it. Um, that's about it for today. Um, join us in Discord. If you have any questions, you can find us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic, and you can find our main our man Shane at DET Sports Shane. Again, thank you all for joining us. Good luck tonight uh, and this weekend here as NBA preseason kicks off, and we look to join you on our next podcast as we look to crush, crush it, it in DFS. <laughs> <laughs>